You're listening to the Direction for Life podcast. We pray this episode blesses you. We'd love to connect with you. Visit us at rdci.info or on Facebook at Right Direction Church International. Also, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at the RDCI. We hope you enjoy this broadcast. Remain standing. I gotta. Let's go back to Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5, 25 through 33. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word that he might present her to himself a glorious church not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh but nourishes and cherishes it. Just as the Lord does the church, we are members of his body and of his flesh and of his bones. For this reason shall a man leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery. But I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, that each one of you in particular so love his own wife. Love the one you're with. Let him love his own wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. You may be seated. So this is part two, y'all, of love, marriage, and sex. Somebody said, what? First time I said, what he say? Talk to my sister. My sister, was, she's home now, but she was in a rehab facility last week. And uh, she asked me, she said, who preaching tomorrow? You a Chandler? I said, I'm preaching. I said, I'm continuing my series on love. She said, I meant to ask you about that. She said, I was in the rehab facility, and I had you on the computer. <laughs> said, the woman in the bed next to me said, what did he just say? I said sex, love, marriage, and sex. Now, usually in the past, I've worked in and tried to do a Super Bowl message, but we talking about love, marriage, and sex. Amen. And for those of you, you know, because I know we got a lot of deep people who watch deep people and hear deep people and uh, who preach against everything. So for those of you talking about, well, what, what, what Super Bowl and, and football got to, do, and got to do with Jesus? Nothing. Nothing. It don't have nothing to do with Jesus. It's just fun. It creates community. That's all right for y'all? Okay. So if y'all, y'all, all you got a problem with folks who have fun and smile and laugh, this ain't the church. I can tell you that now. Don't even wait to the end. If you think we laugh too much, if you think we too whatever, this just ain't the church. And you know what I'm so glad about? I'm so glad that there's so many different churches. No, I'm very serious about that. Because people can choose. You, can, you don't have to fight with folks. Okay? I, I'm, I'm, I don't get in this pulpit to fight with people every Sunday. I get in this pulpit to preach the Lord, tell me to preach. Amen? So I just, just wanted to add that because I know there's some deep people, a lot of, a lot of deep people around and always preach against everybody and everything. And uh, so I'm saying, may preach about us. I really don't care. So, all right. So we're talking about love, marriage, and sex, part two. Part two. We started this last week. And uh, one of the reasons why I said I wanted to even teach about this on Sunday morning is because many of you don't come out to our marriage enrichment. 
You don't come out to man to man. You don't get a chance to watch Pastor Marsha. If you, uh, on, so if you watch any of those things, at some point in America, we, we, we talk about sex on some level from, from God's perspective. And the reason why we need to hear this today is because everybody's talking about sex and folks having sex, but nobody's telling us God's perspective about it. Okay? And so if you don't hear God's perspective, you just see what the world's doing. And, and the world becomes the standard. Can I tell you all, the world is never supposed to be the standard for the church. Okay? And, you know, people are all into this thing about, about culture. And you realize that when Christianity was born, it was, when Christianity started, it started as a counterculture. It, from the day you accept Jesus, it's counterculture. You got to accept that. Okay? It's, it, go, it goes against culture. The moment you accept Jesus, you're part of the counterculture. Okay? That's why Paul, he would write, he said, I know all these things are going on in the world. Let, let, let's, let's, go, let's go right to that. Um, where are we going here? Uh, look at Ephesians 5, 3 through 5. And remember again, the word fornication, the word fornication is, is a, is a, it's a catch-all phrase. It's not merely sex outside of marriage. It's all types of sex outside of God's standard. All types of whatever freaky things people can come up with that God does not ordain his word, that's considered fornication. Okay? Now, I'm going to tell you the truth, including same sex. Counter culture. I know what culture teaches. Okay? I'm not here to reflect culture. I'm here to let you know what the word says. Now, we know the culture, culture going to be culture. Sin is going to sin. Okay? But God's, God, God has always had a different standard of his people. That was the whole purpose of, of the nation of Israel. He said, I want to, I want, of all the people in the earth, I want to give you my covenant, you my commandments. I want to give you my culture so that they can see how a nation that's serving God lives. You ought to be an example. The church is still supposed to be an example in the world, not reflect the world. And the church is so scared today to be an example because everybody's just worried about this, butts and seats at any cost. Whatever we got, no, no. And that, now we, we, we've gone beyond this now, butts and seats. That, that's trying to get people to come to church. A lot of preachers and pastors, we've accepted. Some folks just ain't coming back to church. But we can get some eyeballs. That's what we now, after eyeballs. We need people to watch us on social media versus watch everybody else. Okay, because we get enough, we, we get enough eyeballs, you don't, even, we, you don't even, some people don't even have to get tithes and offering from them, the social media will pay us. That's how it works. So everybody's after eyeballs now at any cost. Some of them doing crazy stuff, just being, just trying to just, some of the stuff that everybody fussing about and, and, and picking on people on, they love it. They love it because you just draw more eyeballs to them. Okay, some people, some people, and some of the people I know, they don't even believe the stuff they're doing and saying, but they know getting them eyeballs. <laughs> and so it comes a point that we got to be more concerned about representing Jesus and pleasing Jesus than blending in with society. Are y'all with me here? Okay. So he says, fornication, uncleanness, and covetousness. Look at verse Ephesians five three. Let it not even be named among you. He said, I know that's what they do. But he's writing to the church. 
to the people who have received Jesus Christ, don't let it be named among you as it's fitting for saints. Saints, contrary to what our Catholic brothers and sisters teach, where they, after you die, they look back over your life and they see if you had any miracles and if you live holy, at a certain point they canonize you. That means now they say that you are a saint and you were somebody real close to God, now you can pray to them as an intercessor between you and God. None of that is scriptural. The Bible said there's one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. And I, I, I hate to give you all some bad news, but if you ain't a saint when you leave here, we can't make you one later. You become a saint now. The saint means sanctified ones or called out ones. Okay? And so when you become a Christian, you're one of the saints. Look, look, look beside and say, hello, saint. Hello, saint. Now, I, unless they are ain't, they are saint. All right? So we are the saints. So Paul said, don't let this be, I know what they do. I know how they live. I know how all the freaky, crazy stuff they're doing out there. Okay? He said, but don't let that be named among you. Not only that, the sexual stuff. He said, but filthiness and foolish talking, coarse jesting. He said, none of those things are fitting or appropriate for us as believers, rather giving you thanks. He said, for, for this, you know, no fornicator, no unclean person, no covetous man who's an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. That verse 3 from the New Living Translation said, let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place, here we go, among God's people. Everybody say God's people. I'm, 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 I'm continuing to stress that because I know a lot of, you, a lot of times when you hear stuff in church, we, 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 we start thinking, well, nobody's saying that anymore, and nobody's living like that anymore. Well, and when we say that kind of stuff, we're talking about the world. We're talking about culture, not God's people. I keep saying that the church was never supposed to reflect culture. The church is supposed to counterculture and change culture. Oh, let, me, let me say it another way. I got a rhyme to say it now. The church is not supposed to reflect culture. The church is supposed to affect culture. Pastor Marshall would say, I know she's been part of kidding. I told Pastor Chen, if I was thinking, I would have had the teenagers in here today. Okay? Not, not out of here. You know, I, I want the little children gone, but if I was thinking, I would have planned for the teen, because the stuff I'm going to show you all today, teenagers need to hear early. Mother Bailey told me, <laughs> I was on my way to college, and Mother, said, Mother Bailey said to me, she said, Are you, uh, have you had sex? I said, no, ma'am. She said, you're a virgin? I said, yes, sir. She said, well, don't get started. She said, because if you get started, it's hard to stop. Did anybody say amen? I just, <laughs> I'm trying to see who said amen. She, she told me. She said, if you don't get started, she said, you won't have to worry about stopping. She said, well, once you get started, it's hard to stop. And then something else she told me, something real practical. It's almost seemed counter to what she was saying, but she told me something very practical. She said, you are a young minister. You have your whole life ahead of you. She said, if you decide to have sex, have it with somebody who has as much to lose as you. Know what she was saying? Have some discretion. Oh, oh, I got to be real plain. She said, don't just sleep with any hoe. I'm going to give you statistics why you don't want to do that. But that's basically what she was saying to me. Okay? She's even trying to teach me, 
have, have some discretion. But so the Bible answer because there is a natural biological urge to merge. There's a natural biological urge to merge, to have sex, okay? That's why, that's why some of you parents, y'all, y'all be acting so silly. Well, my child, you, you let, the boy, let the boy come over the house and they up in the room, but they ain't doing nothing. You crazy. I know my daughter. You don't know her in that area. Yeah, you know your daughter and they gonna be knowing each other like Adam knew Eve. Really, y'all do crazy stuff. Well, I know that they, they ain't doing nothing in the house. <laughs> I already got asked, how many of y'all did something? I ain't, gonna, I ain't gonna ask. How many you grown folks sitting right up here did something in your parents' house? Don't raise your hand. Because she still might beat your behind. Come on. Y'all do, do dumb stuff. And then you act shocked your child get pregnant. You didn't, you didn't tell them there was an expectation, like, mom, like Mother Bailey told me. You didn't tell them there was an expectation that you saved yourself to marriage. And you probably couldn't if you were in a shacking situation because now you have no moral authority to teach your children. If you don't live in accordance with God's, with God's plan, you have no moral authority to teach your children. Even if you've taught them respect you behind their back, behind your back, they're saying, please. Talking about Uncle John. That ain't my uncle. That's my mother's boyfriend. Got him calling my uncle. You know that ain't your uncle. So the Bible says to avoid fornication, doing it outside of God's plan. Look at this. I, I got, let every man have his own wife. Let every woman have her own husband. So God promotes marriage. I'm going to talk more about that in a moment. Uh, okay, but let me talk to the married folks. Let every man have his own wife and let every woman have her own husband. I got to go deep in here now. Let every man have his own wife and let every woman have her own husband. So you can have, you can be married but not having your wife. You can be married but not having your husband. The Bible said you're going to avoid fornication. Don't just be married. Y'all need to be having each other. Why y'all act like y'all know what I'm talking about? If you're married, you shouldn't have a problem with what I'm saying. Unless y'all ain't having each other. <laughs> Sex is a benefit of marriage. Amen? Amen. And it ought to be Frequent. Now, how frequent? What y'all come up in agreement with. I tell the people this in marriage all the time, seriously. In marriage, as in life, you don't get what you deserve. You get what you negotiate. Husband going, 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 to, going to bed mad every night. She ain't doing nothing. And she's saying, well, we did it two times this week. And you thinking five. See, we got a problem. You mad. You mad about something you never expressed. I'm trying to help y'all. So you got to talk about everything. To avoid fornication, to avoid sex outside of marriage, you need to be having sex in your marriage. 
Now, no justification for adultery. No justification. The Bible does not give any justification for, just, for adultery. But the Bible says, does say, that when a husband and wife are not, are not regularly um, interacting with each other sexually, he said there's going to be temptation. Amen. You know, you, you, you mad at your husband, mad, you, you, you know, I heard somebody, some woman say, listen, I told him you just, listen, I, I, I'm tired. You, you just got to get it where you got to get it. You just gave him a license. And people say that kind of dumb stuff. So to avoid fornication, you need to be regular, consistent, based upon what y'all agree and what the needs are. So that's why I ask y'all to pray my strength in the Lord. But some people have high needs than other people. Some people be trying to read the word. <laughs> so if you want to read the word, but your wife, you, you got to stop reading the word so much and handle what you got to handle. When I first got married, seriously, when I first got married, we had been married just a couple months. And I got turned on to Brother H Ken Hagen's books, The Word of Faith. And anybody who, back in that, remember, we all talk about it. The red book, the green book, and the green, uh, the red book, the green book, the blue book. The red book was about the lessons on the Holy Ghost. The blue book was, was about faith, and the green book was about prayer. And I got, man, I got, even though I've been in preaching for a number of years, I've been in church, I really got turned on to the Word, a lot of words I still teach now. And I was so excited, and I was so excited. And so we went to church, and you know how you, you, you newlyweds and, and the old heads kind of jealous of you. When you're newlywed. And I remember one elder said, man, Herb, I guess y'all be in there. Y'all, you just doing your thing. I said, no, I be in the Word. I said, no, have you read this? I said, I'm in the Word. He said, you better put those books down and go take care of business. The elder in the church told me, put the books down and go handle your business. And so you need to understand, you, you can't become so spiritual in your marriage that you are neglecting each other sexually. You can't become so busy, preoccupied with your job. Okay. Mothers, you can't become so preoccupied with your children that you neglect your husband. These children are supposed to be a byproduct of us, not replacing us. <laughs> now, brothers, you do have to understand. You do have to understand, before you got married... Certain body parts were yours on your wife. Once you had that baby, you got to share. <laughs> it ain't just yours. Just, 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 I'm, some of you single brothers need to understand that before you get married, okay? And then, yeah, and then sometimes you don't, you don't even want to share no more. You, you tell the baby, you just have it. I'll get it back in 20 years or so. <laughs> Let me move on here. So y'all, despite, I said last week, despite the fact that modern and secular culture promotes sex more than promotes marriage, the Bible still promotes and encourages marriage. Despite that, over 40% of our births in the United States are to single mothers. 
And some by choice, the Bible still encourages marriage. Despite the fact that between 60 and 70 percent, depending on what study you read, of African-American children are being raised in single-parent households, the Bible still encourages marriage. And despite the fact that commercials tell you you don't have to change your promiscuous ways if you just take a pill. These commercials literally say, don't change your lifestyle, just take whatever. That is so, first of all, I believe it's irresponsible, not to mention it's crazy. Despite the fact that social media puts illicit sex in your face every day, the Bible still encourages marriage and, and discourages, even discourages and condemns fornication, okay? So, 1 Corinthians 7 2 says, nevertheless, to avoid fornication, to avoid fornication, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife, let every woman have her own husband. I said something last week, I think went over your head, so I'm going to repeat it again, okay? To avoid fornication, let every man have his own, own wife, let every... A uh, woman have her own husband. The Bible does not say to avoid fornication, okay, let every man have a, have a doll and let every woman have a battery-operated machine. Y'all don't like me. That is not what the, to, to make sure you got new batteries. That is not what the Bible says you do to avoid fornication. Anybody need to leave or send your children to children's church? That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says to avoid fornication, have your wife. And, not, and again, I'm going deeper with that word have. Not just possess a wife, not just go through a marriage ceremony, but make sure y'all are having each other on a regular, consistent basis. That verse from the Amplified says, because of because of the temptation to impurity and to avoid immorality, let each man have his own wife, let each woman have her own husband. Uh, New Living says, because there's so much sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife, each woman shall have her own husband. Now, let me stop here for a moment. Because, I'm a, because if I talk like this to y'all publicly, you know we have discussions privately. And so, over the years... I have, we, I have had conversations even with some men in our church. I haven't had, the, no, I've had, no, I've had a couple conversations with women too. With men who, who deal with the, the temptation, with, with same-sex temptation. I remember saying to a particular brother one time who was dating someone, he had been dating for a while. And I said, man, when you going to marry that girl? And he said to me, Pastor, he said, no, I'm not ready yet. I said, why aren't you ready yet? He said, because I deal with, this, with the temptation of same-sex temptation, he said, I need to make sure I'm delivered before I mess up her life. Somebody give him a hand. Because if you deal with the sin, with the temptation of sin, it's, it's no, you, if you have a lust problem, I found this out as a young man. Getting married don't solve your lust problem. Yeah, it don't solve your lust problem. If you got a perversion problem, uh, getting married doesn't solve it. You have to deal with that stuff in your flesh. So I 100% fully respected that because particularly in the church, especially in Pentecostal and apostolic churches, 
You got men who have the issue of same-sex temptation marrying women as a beard. What's a beard? Okay? You put a beard on, you look real manly, don't you? So some men who are dealing with that use women as a beard. They cover up. Well, look, I'm married. But they haven't dealt with that thing in their flesh. So it's better for you to, and so someone else said to me, said, I'm probably not going to get married because I know, he said, I know that's wrong, okay? And I'm, I'm, I'm walking this out. He said, but I'm not going to get married and mess up a woman's life. And thank God, at least, that's a godly man who's recognizing there's stuff in my flesh that I don't need to be messing somebody else's life up, which is why we got so many STDs, among, especially among African-American women, from so many of these down-low brothers who having sex with you and him. Let's go deeper here. Not only, somebody said deeper, yes. <laughs> this is just anesthesia, I ain't start cutting yet. <laughs> Not only does the word of God encourage marriage as a means to avoid fornication, y'all, uh, and sex, the Bible highly esteems marriage. I want you to understand, the Bible highly esteems marriage. Hebrews 13 and 4. It says marriage is honorable in all, in all being out of all the things in earth, on, on the earth. Of anything you can think of, marriage is most honorable and the bed undefiled. But whoremongers and adulterers, God will judge, okay? So it said marriage is honorable and, and your bed is undefiled. What you and your husband, you and your wife start, decide to do in your bedroom is your business, is undefiled. But whoremongers, he distinguishes the marriage bed from whoremongers and adulterers. He said, God's going to judge. I don't have to judge. God's going to judge. And so it's not about me judging you, me pointing fingers at your church. No, no, no. The Bible says, he says, when, when, when we do when certain things that we continue in outside the will of God, God's going to judge. Listen to that verse from Amplified. Let marriage be held in, in honor, esteemed, worthy, precious, of great price, especially dear in all things. And thus, let the marriage bed be undefiled, kept undishonored. For God will judge and punish the unchaste, all guilty of sexual vice and adulteries. GW, which is God's word translation. It says marriage is honorable in every way. So husbands and wives should be faithful to each other. God will judge those who commit sexual sins, especially those who commit adultery. Now, what's the deal about? Now, now I, I thought that was a little interesting because the other translations don't say that. But this translation says, especially those who commit adultery. Why, why is adultery even at another level, a deeper level? Than because adultery is not just about dealing with your flesh. Adultery breaks the promise. I've, I've had to counsel women, and, and they, they, they mad, they mad at, at their husband, or he mad at the wife. Uh, I, I mean, they, they, they're, not, they're mad at the husband or the wife, not so much the husband or the wife. They mad at the third party. You know, people call them homebreakers. Okay, right? 
to put that home break. I can't believe. She, he, she knew, he knew, and went after my wife, went after my husband. They didn't have a covenant with your husband. They didn't have a covenant with your wife. They didn't make no promises to you. Your husband made promises to you. Your wife made promises to you. The one who breaks the covenant is the married person. Man at the third party. No. Deal with the covenant breaker. Someone, we got a couple getting married in our church. I'm probably going to marry him on, on uh, Valentine's Day after, after service. An older couple. Like, old. <laughs> like late 60 and 70. I ain't doing no six-week counseling. I said, if, if you don't know by now, you live long enough, come on now. If you don't know by now what's smart, what's dumb, I can't help you. So I did, one, I did one session with them. Know the session I did with them? I did the session on covenant. Covenant and commitment. Because people take marriage too lightly today. I had a wedding with somebody in my family. And people not taking this covenant seriously. And it was said for richer, for poorer, and they said for richer, for richer. So sickness and health, and they said health and health. And that's why also I've gone away from just letting people, y'all be telling me, I won't, I won't write my own vows. Y'all ain't writing vows, y'all writing sentiments. Ever since I saw you, the sun has not stopped shining. I think of you the first thing in the morning. I think of you the, late, the last time at, the, uh, at night. I can't go to sleep because I think about you. I rise up and I think about you. I can't sleep at night. I can't eat a bite because, baby, you just take my appetite. <laughs> That's sentiments. That's sentiments. That's not vows. Vows last when sentiments change. Vows last when sentiments change. Vow says, I'll forsake everybody else for you. A vow says, I will choose you every day. A vow says, I'm committed to you, and if we go through problems, we're going to work it out. A vow says, I ain't going nowhere through sickness and health. I recently heard about someone uh, who, who left somebody, who left their wife, divorced their wife because she got cancer, saying, I didn't sign up for this. Let me tell you the truth. When you get mad, you don't know what you signed up for. What you signed up for is to go through anything with you. That's what you signed up for. If you love our podcast and the impartation you gain from it, we encourage you to become an iChurch member. As an iChurch member, you'll get access to exclusive digital content, as well as an online community and various small group sessions. To find out more, visit rdci.info forward slash iChurch. Connect with us for digital impartation weekly. Join Bishop Herbert and Dr. Marsha Bailey on Clubhouse for marriage, faith, and family inside Kingdom Business Network on Tuesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash rdcitv. 
We stream live services on Sundays at 7.30 a.m. and 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, as well as Wednesday at 12 noon and 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Ladies, join us for Manifest on Fridays at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. 